0: The Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show was sponsored by the following. Hey, thirst! Can I try out a few more sound effects on you? Yes. Cool. You okay with this? Yes. And this? Yes. And what about this? Yes. Ha! Got gotcha you there, thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here coca-cola open happiness as a man you know what it's like to break your back on a daily basis introducing new bud silver the beer for hard-working men it's just what you need after a day of assembling flat pack furniture when instructions are cast aside in favor of intuition working with one eye on the job and another on the tv a day when you're told it looks a bit wonky at least 40 times hard-working men want a fuller tasting thirst quenching beer new over. One cold can of you bet I earned it. Hi, this is the Kentucky Ghost Hunter. If you've ever wanted to become a successful investor but have some issues on just where to find a good deal, well, I've got one for you. Look no further than Soarhead Station, Burgers and Lord Hartford. But the opportunity offers low participation with a maximum revenue award potential. If you want to learn more about this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, just send me an email. Team at KentuckyGhostHunter.com that's Dean at KentuckyGhostHunter.com. I'll tell you what, I'll forward your request for information to the owners of this facility, and you'll know, get back to you as soon as possible. It's a great deal, folks. Remember the name, Sorehead Station, Burgers, and More. When the food is great, the profits are going to be greater.
1: We're here asking people from all over what they think of lifting green tea. Let's hear what people from Texas have to say. mmm. How about China? Mmm. Germany? Mmm. How about people from the North Pole? Mm-hmm. or Mars mm-hmm. hey,
2: what about mimes oh right people with their jaws wired shut oh. Yeah, a barbershop quartet mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, you guys are great how about race car drivers mm-hmm. hey, what about you high school glee club here on a
1: field trip settles it. It sounds like everyone loves the taste of Lipton Green Tea. With its protective antioxidants from real tea, it's not just good for you, it's mm mmm to you. Lipton Tea can do
2: that. Air fresheners create a beautiful atmosphere in your home. But some can be overpowering. Ambipure Purest is different because it's allergen reduced. It's just as scented, but we've taken things out to make it kinder to sensitive skin. So, all you're left with is a collection of delicate air fresheners approved by Allergy UK. Ambipure Pure a fresh take on fragrance in your home. You love chocolate. Mm Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes
0: have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate. So you've been avoiding (laughs) M&M's. Yeah well fear no more huh m&m's dark chocolate to the rescue
2: my heroes
0: m&m's dark chocolate candies available wherever fine candies are sold hi tom Bodet. of all the things invented in 1962
1: some have faded away like cassette tapes and others are still very much with us
0: like lava lamps and motel 6 Yep, Motel 6 is celebrating 50 years of giving travelers a good night's rest and saving you more for what you travel for. But we're just getting started. In fact, the longer you watch us, the better we get. Kind of like a lava lamp. Trippy. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6. 50 years and the light's still on. We love the Kentucky Ghost Hunter! Welcome to the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show. It's another Tuesday night, and we're freezing to death down here in Centertown, Kentucky. We got a high of about three degrees tonight, and it's not. We're supposed to get up to the 60s, I think, this weekend, but I'm hoping this is our last big spurt of cold air. Not sure. As always, my co host, Kevin Quatman. Hello, Kevin. Hey, everybody. I'm kind of. Uh, We've got a late start today, so I'm going to have a late start getting getting motivated here because I've had two cups of coffee right now. It's already affecting me a little bit. But uh, our guest tonight is Pauletta Moon, and Pauletta is the host of Spirited Chat with Mama Moon. She's also from Capital Ghost Tours of Denver, Colorado. Now, I've listened in on Pauletta's show a few times, and it's very intriguing. People get to call in, and she gives them readings and, and talks to, uh, I guess, those that have passed on and gives messages. But one of the things that I was very um, – I guess the word would be envious of is that people actually call into pauletta's show. Uh, we've got a lot of people that listen to us, but for some reason they're scared to death to call in, but pauletta has got a, a following and she helps people. I've actually, the show I listened to, uh, she helped a young lady out that uh, was very troubled, uh, about somebody passing. And she wanted to make sure that the loved one had, had moved on. And Pauletta actually, uh, um, her, at, she did a good job with them and and they, it ended with tears of happiness instead of sorrow. So, Pauletta, welcome to the show. Well, hi. Thank you for having me. Now, while our break, your host of Spirited Chat with Mama Moon. And I was going to ask you this, and I said I was going to ask you very right off the bat about this, but Mama Moon, that's a heck of a name. Where'd that come from?
2: <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a, a cute story, I think. Uh, my son and I, Chris, uh, do a lot of college lecturing. So we go to a lot of colleges. And we do readings for the students, and there are a lot of uh, students that are there away from home for the first time, and they need a mama. They need somebody to talk to, to tell them what's going on. Um, They're fearful of certain things, so I sit down with them, and I kind of counsel with them. And so it just started that they call me mama, so it became Mama Moon.
0: I was listening to your show a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if you remember the instance that I was talking about. You had a young lady that called in, and she was very disturbed because she wanted to make sure that her loved one had, had passed on or, or crossed over correctly, and you, you gave her sound advice and, and gave her proof that it was her loved one. You were talking to her and they moved on. Uh, Do you yeah. get a lot of calls like that?
2: I do i I get a lot of people who uh want to connect to the other side uh they have questions as um their loved ones mothers, fathers sisters have they made it to the other side are they are they around them uh from time to time how do they know they're around them uh things like that uh-huh
0: yeah. was that your husband that's with you? Because I don't know. I didn't really, I got in on the show before, or excuse me, after the introduction. I wasn't sure who the gentleman was with you. Is that your husband or?
2: Yes, that's Papa Moon. He runs all the, the phone lines for me so that I can concentrate on the questions that are coming in and I can answer them and kind of get my energy uh, to the people that I'm reading for. So I don't have to worry about who's on the chat chat line and who's Calling in, all I do is take the calls and and try to do the readings for them.
0: Uh, Tell me about Mama Moon. How did you get in? Because a lot of times uh, when we talk to people with your gift, it's a long process before they realize they've got the gift and they have kind of issues until they discover it. Kind of tell us your story.
2: All right. Well, actually, um, I come from a long line of psychics, uh, mediums, clairvoyants. A whole lot of our family... Uh, have psychic ability. And I first discovered mine around age seven. And I knew I could pick up on things. And I knew my family uh, could kind of read people and situations and things like that. So I knew I had some sort of different kind of ability. And my parents told me, don't tell anybody that you can do that. Because the first thing they'll do is is carry you off to the psych ward or something like that. So I kind of kept it on the down and low for a lot of of years. And I had a few friends that, you know, knew that I kind of had some abilities, so they wanted me to tell them what the questions on the algebra test was so they could study for them, you know, things like that. Or if it was going to be a snow day and they didn't have to go to school so they didn't have to study. But where I really got into trouble is when they asked me if their boyfriends were cheating on them. So, you know, I could I could pick up these things, and if I told them the truth, then my friends hated me. <laughs> they just absolutely hated me for telling them the truth. So I, I kept it kind of quiet, and actually when I met uh, my husband, uh, Chris's dad, I didn't tell him anything about my abilities, but I always knew where he was and what he was doing. So I would, you know, say, yeah, I know where you were last night, Oh, and he would try to talk out of it, but no, I knew where he was, so (laughs) I always had that kind of ability, and then uh, when my son was born, I was hoping he had that kind of ability, too. And uh, I saw over the years that he did, and that's when we actually started ghost hunting together. It was when he was very small, around seven years old, and I would take him to some of the haunted houses here in Denver, you know, kind of get a a read on what was going on, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where it all began.
0: So what kind of things do you feel when you go into haunted houses? Is it something that kind of scares you, or, I mean, tell us about Uh, that.
2: Okay, I'm, I'm an empath, and I, I pick up on feelings, and I can go into a haunted house, and I can go to a particular part of, of the house, and I can, I can pick up if there was great sadness, sorrow, uh, death. Um, mostly uh, I pick up on children, things that have happened to children, um, how they feared certain things, uh, and we use that in, in our investigations because Chris was the first one to ever use uh, Frank uh, Sumption's uh, telephone to the dead. So, you know, I kind of get to a part of the place, and then we turn on the telephone, and we actually in real time get the voices to come through.
0: Okay. Now, you can explain that to me a little bit. What, what is this now? You, you actually have uh, spirits that call you on this telephone?
2: Uh, I, you've got to read our book. Our book is called Ghost Box that Chris and I wrote together. And uh, actually, it, it kind of goes through a lot of different investigations that we did. And Chris is the first one to ever use this. It's called Telephone to the Dead. He's had many, many, many versions of it. We've worked with it for years and years and years. And we can actually contact spirits. From
0: the other side, in their own voice, in real time. So how does that work? I mean, I'm interested in this. I know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna post on there about your book too, but I'm really interested in this because it's first time I've ever heard this. Really? It's, yeah, it's, I've never heard of people. Have you heard about it, Kevin? Yeah, I've heard of it. We I guess I'm just uh, you know in La La Land somewhere here lately. But how does it work? Does the phone ring, or I mean, you gotta explain this to me. No,
2: no. <laughs> Is it, it a collect
0: no, call, maybe? <laughs>
2: it' It's not that way. Now, Chris is what we call an electronic psychic medium. So he has the ability to call on his um, on his his uh, spirits on the other side, which he has uh, his technician is what he calls him. He calls on his spirit technician who is on the other side, and he asks them, if who they are so we know that we're getting, you know, the real story here. We're not get, picking up anything negative. And then he asked for the person and then whoever's there, if they if it's a relative or I mean, we've even had uh Lincoln come through in some of our investigations in in a little place called Dentonsport, Iowa. So yeah, you got you gotta get on the stick here and learn about this this ghost box.
0: I guess so. Okay, why didn't you ever tell me about this, man?
1: You knew about it. You met her son. You saw her son when we were in Iowa.
0: Hey. Remember that?
1: sport really? by the river.
0: Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I have met your son, Paulette. I'm well, sorry. I have met you your saw son.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 He was
0: out there with the electronic equipment, right, at the hotel? Right. right. And yeah, We walked, we walked out?
1: through that that place in Iowa, Dean, and you were like, you were checking it out. And he was going to be there that weekend.
0: Right. Oh, we didn't, okay. We didn't okay. stay, we yeah, didn't I stay there. I do know what you're talking about. Okay. okay. I just, I don't think I've ever heard it called telephone. Maybe that's what it was. And it just might've been me. I, it just kind of threw me off when you said that. But I know, I actually, I think I have actually said hi to your son before though. Uh, I don't think hi, we've hi. personally met, but I think we've said hi, like on, I, I don't remember what it was, but uh I remember that now he was coming down. What was that hotel down there? Kevin, I can't remember now. The
2: Mason House Inn. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's that it. was it,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. We went down there
0: on a vacation, and there was a group there that was filming there before. I don't remember the group. I've talked, I met them and talked with them, but he was supposed to come the week after that.
2: Right, and, right. And,
0: and, yeah, wow. Okay, well, that's cool. So I actually know who your son is then. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it? And it's he, a small paranormal world, isn't it?
2: It is. It really is. You know, if you want to, uh, you can go to our network, which is the Spirit Realm Dot net and you can actually pick up uh, on demand uh, some of the investigations that we've done and you can actually see him using uh, the telephones that dead or Frank's box because Frank's box Frank was the one that made the first box for him. We have all of them I mean from day one to right up to now so uh, if you want any any kind of information just go to that and you'll pick up on it.
0: All right, I'm gonna kind of plug your son in now. Doesn't he go to that hotel every year? If I'm not mistaken.
2: You know, we've been, <laughs> been doing it. We have been doing it for 15 years. We were there just uh, last month, and uh, we were talking to the owners, Joy and Chuck Hansen, and they were saying, you know, it's been 15 years. You've been coming out four times a year for 15 years, and it was just like that. It's like home. <laughs> it's like home for us.
0: Are they going to sell the place? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, are they going to sell <laughs> yeah. it? Have you heard
2: anything yeah. about that? Yes, they they are going to sell it. They're you know getting up there, and they don't want to try to keep up all of the beautiful original original furniture. It's to you know just to die for. But Chuck is it doesn't really want to let it go, and it's it's got to be uh, for somebody who's going to take care of it the way the Hansons took care of it. So it may be a while for them to to go ahead and sell it.
0: Right, I, I walked, I mean, Kevin, you walked through it with me too, didn't you, when we went down yeah. there? Yeah, it's a beautiful place. It's, you can tell it's got a lot of history behind it. it.
2: It does. All the furniture is original. I mean, it just amazes me, amazes me. It was originally a hotel, and then it was actually turned into a hospital, and the uh, Underground Railroad was run out of there also, so it has a whole bunch of history, and we get a whole lot of activity every time we go there. In fact that was the first place that Chris ever used the telephone to the dead.
0: Wow. I'm gonna yeah. have to get with him next time he goes maybe we can get down there, Kevin, and, and meet with him and listen to that thing at work one day. I yeah. don't mind doing it at all. If he'll invite us, Paul, you need to put in a good word for us. Let us that way we can come down and he won't charge us too much. <laughs>
2: Well, you know our net, our network is free, so you can catch up on everything on our network and and see what we do and and see if you want to do that with us.
0: Hey, I would love to. I think Kevin and me we're up for anything. We were out there in Iowa. We went out to the bridges of Madison. What is it called? Bridges wow. of Madison County. And right. uh, yep. we kind of went out there and did an investigation. Didn't go too well. We didn't get anything, but a lot of good times. But uh, Iowa is a yeah. beautiful state. I I never. I always have anything to do with paranormal, but I never really went there at all until Kevin talked us into it. And it was a very, very beautiful state. I loved it.
2: It, it really is. It In the summer, it's absolutely beautiful with all the corn, the fields and fields of corn. It's just amazing. And the people are just absolutely wonderful. They're so warm and open and kind.
0: Yeah. Now, do you still do paranormal investigations? I know your son does because he oh, goes yeah. to the hotel and does them every year. So, I see, I thought you were just doing the tours now, but you're actually investigating still.
2: Oh, absolutely. We investigate with him all the time. And Dennis runs the Capitol Hill Ghost Tours. We have a lot of very, very haunted houses in Capitol Hill, and we've been in doing investigations in them uh, for years and years. We have a lot of, of physical evidence that we show uh, our tours uh, so they can actually see uh, some of the things that we've picked up uh, the entities and myths and orbs, and it makes it kind of different because most of the, the tours are not uh, paranormal investigators, as we've been for over 20 years. So we have all the evidence been inside of them, and uh, it makes it most interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you're doing it, because I have went to New Orleans and went on a couple of ghost tours in New Orleans run by people mm-hmm. that aren't investigators. And that had so got, to be the most funniest experience I've ever had in my life because they didn't know what they were talking about. The stories they were telling, just <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So I got to
1: ask a question. You said at the Mason House, you guys were able to get Abraham Lincoln to come through?
2: Oh, yes. Mr. Lincoln
1: comes through. Uh huh. So but while yeah. we, I mean, just curiosity, I said, so I don't understand how these boxes work. I mean, how do you get, if, I mean, so let's say Abraham Lincoln's in heaven, right? And we yes, don't know where he's at. I mean, I can't say he's in heaven. I don't know. But how do you get – how does that – I just – I can't comprehend how you get that to work through a real time in a box. And well, actually – In Iowa, talk to Iowa and not be maybe in Springfield, Illinois, or Kentucky, or D.C., or,
2: we've, you know, the, We've got, make it better. We got him in Springfield, too. So, yeah, we've got him in Springfield. We have Yeah, we actually have that recorded when he uh, came through a, in the Springfield uh, investigation. Uh, how we, the reason I think that we picked up Mr. Lincoln, uh, in, uh, that particular place was the fact that he had stayed there at one time. It was on, on, a, on the river, on the Des Moines River, and, you know, the, the boats would come down there, but he actually stayed there when it was a hotel. So, uh, and Chuck Hansen is, uh, a retired military, and, uh, he really respected Lincoln, and he comes through to him from time to time.
0: Okay, <laughs> I, I, we're gonna have to get your son on here to give us an in-depth interview about how these things, because I'm like I'm one. I don't want to really talk about it all night long, but I'm kind of interested because it's not like a spirit box or something. I don't guess is that correct? It has nothing to yeah. do or the same yeah. process, or is it?
2: Yes, it is, and you can go back and check um, on our website, the Ghost Box Chronicles, and it will give you a little better idea how. The spirit phone works because you'll actually see Chris using it and hear what comes through it.
0: I guarantee so you, 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 I'm going to be you, on that one. Go ahead, Kevin.
1: Do you guys have? I'm a big Lincoln buff, so do you guys have any of the Lincoln stuff? Actually, we could actually hear. I mean, is it on? Like, do you have anywhere we can actually go down and listen? Because I'm a big presidential I'm, person. I like the presidents, and I just was curious
2: if I'm. I like to hear it. Fond. I'm very fond of Lincoln. I, I really, I've always been. I don't, can't tell you why. But uh, when we were in Springfield, we went through the whole, whole museum, and, and there were certain parts of it that I, I just broke down in tears. I mean, I was, so, I was so moved and felt so close to him. We actually saw his tomb uh, with his wife, Mary, and uh, uh, all of their sons but one. So, and that would be a good thing you could talk to Chris about with, is Lincoln, because he has a lot of of information on that. And Thomas Edison, who really was the first one that was trying to devise this telephone, because he was very close with his mother. His mother was a spiritualist, so of course she believed that ghosts or spirits could uh, communicate with the living. So he started working on this. So he's the original one who was putting this together, and at the time of his death he had a lot of, of notes and things on it. And his contemporaries actually found, because he kept great notes, found the journals he was writing and they actually destroyed them because they didn't want him to be associated with anything that was spiritual, like contacting, you know, on the other side or the other world. They wanted him only to be known as all the great inventor he was.
0: Wow, I didn't know that either. Something <laughs> else? So. Uh- I guess I'm just learning all kinds of new things today, but tell me something about Spirited Chat with Mama Moon. How did you get involved in that?
2: Well, uh, actually, Spirited Chat uh, is my show on uh, the uh, Spirit Realm Network. And what we do is we meet every Monday night at 9 Eastern, and we talk about everything metaphysical or paranormal. So uh, we have people call in if they have questions that they'd like to have answered, if they would like me to read from the tarot deck for them or past life regressions, do that. Also, I do palm and tea leaf leaf reading. Uh, I've done this for many years. Ever since I was a little kid, I was taught by my great aunt. So this is something that I've always been interested in. And like I said before, I've been a... um, paranormal uh, researcher our whole family actually uh, for over 20 years so it's always been two subjects that have really intrigued me and that's what we do on spirited chat we talk about all those different things
0: and you have a a lot of people that are actually following you because I mean your phone's always ringing well when I saw it it was always ringing you're always helping people so uh, is that true I mean you have a lot of people following you right now
2: Yes, yes, we do. We're very thrilled at the fact that there are so many people that are really interested in what we do. And the main thing is that if we can help someone like the lady that was checking on her, her relative, um, she said she was waiting 33 years to get the answer if he was crossed over and he was, he was safe. And if we can bring that information, uh, to the people, that's, that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, you really helped that person because that really stuck out with me because I was actually, I was trying to call in and say hi to everybody because uh-huh. that's when we just booked you to be on our show, I think a couple of weeks after that. And right. I couldn't get through, but it wasn't your fault. It was my fault. I, I live out in a little place that has terrible cell service and I couldn't uh, get out. Our internet's kind of going out and I was doing everything from the telephone, but I was actually able to listen to that and you really helped that lady. Congratulations on that.
2: Well, thank you. That's that's the idea that we Try to leave the world a, a better place, and I'm I'm just the, the instrument or the tool, and if I can, you know, do that, then that's what I'm supposed to do. That's my purpose, I think.
0: Now I'm going to hit you with a hard question.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: I'm just giving you one heads up because I ask this of everybody that's an empath or something like that that does the, the has the gift that you have and does the job that you do for other people. And what I've noticed is everybody has a different answer to this question. So okay. in-depth question that might take All a little right. while we've got time so just go for it. What happens after somebody dies in your opinion?
2: Ah, what happens? okay yeah,
0: give us the whole story because' everybody's got a different one so far that we've had on here. everybody believes differently and we just I just kind of like to know where you're coming from when you're doing your job there.
2: Okay um what my my personal feeling is that, once a person dies, we know they actually lose weight. Their their spirit leaves their body. uh, And it goes to a a very beautiful place, a very nice place. I don't believe uh, in purgatory. I believe some people put themselves in purgatory. They're afraid to move to the light. Um, And when we find an entity like this, we actually try to move them to the light and tell them that there isn't the hell and the fire and brimstone, they think that they can be forgiven and they can move to a much better place. And if we can help them move on, we do. Um, I think that once we, we go to wherever we end up, whatever higher power we believe in, I do believe in reincarnation. I believe that we come back at another time. Uh, in a different maybe form, male, female, it can change. And I do believe in uh, soul circles also. I do believe that some of the people that we are with right now, when we reincarnate, we are with them again, just in a different form.
0: So, The process of reincarnation, does it to you, because we've had different people say this too, to you is this, and they call old spirits or young spirits where you had to wait a certain amount of time before you're reincarnated. We had some lady on uh, uh, that was explaining reincarnation like that. Is this something to you that just happens instantaneous? Is there a waiting period?
2: I think that everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. And it depends upon what is happening at that time. I think that there are some people that do stay for a a certain period of time and come back, that it's all about the timing. It's when they're needed to be back here for the people around them or the situation that they're going to be in. I really believe that it's all in timing.
0: So if somebody would die today or something like that, do you believe that there's a force out there that has the ability to put them back here? Is that what you're saying at a specific time to serve a purpose?
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. I've, I've read for people before who have told me um, that their great aunt had, had passed away and when their daughter had uh, her baby girl, that this baby reminded them so much of the great aunt. So I think, again, in timing that and the soul circle where people come back to be with their relatives, I think this can happen.
1: But do you, do you believe in God? I mean, Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Or do you, you think it's just an energy system out there?
2: I believe in God. I believe there's a higher power. It's different for everyone. Uh, we all see it, it kind of in a different way, but I do believe there is a higher power. And I know it's hard to believe right now in the way that the whole world is in chaos and we're all wondering what's going to happen. But I truly believe that there is uh, a higher power who tries to, guide us in the right direction. Uh, there's a lot of, of people that are definitely moving in the wrong direction, but um, I I personally pray every day.
1: Yeah, but I do too. I'm yeah. a, I'm, I, have, I have one God, one God only, so I believe it. I believe everything you just said. I mean, I have I have, a, I have, a theory where I believe there's free will. It's basically yeah. what you just said. I mean, yeah. when you die, you have, God doesn't strip you of your free will. You have a choice where you go, go to that light or not go yeah. to that light. It's yes. it's a complete option.
2: Yes, I I believe so too. And if if we find, like I said, if we find a soul who's what we call earthbound, who you know is is here and can't move on, wants to move on, doesn't know what to do, is fearful, and we we actually talk them through and and get them to the white light and let them cross over. And I mean, it's a beautiful experience when it happens. It's just oh my gosh. It's, just wonderful and everybody feels so good and that there's such a light feeling that's in the room and everyone just is so relieved that this entity who may have been hundreds of years here and trapped that they're able to move on and go to the light where they need to be.
0: I'm going to have to ask you just on the opposite of this because we get a lot of people on here that, uh, all you, well, shoot, if you look at the paranormal world now, especially reality TV, all you hear is demon this, demon that, demon this. Do you have a belief in demons or do you, is that something that's not really here, that you believe it's something else that people are calling demons or what's your opinion on that?
2: I, I definitely think that there is some very dark entities out there um, and I, I believe that Some people can be possessed by them. Uh, Actually, we did a show last night on on the Ouija board and people using the Ouija board and things like that. And I stressed in my show that I I don't think young children and college-age children should ever be using anything like this because their energy is so pure and uh, that they can attach to them. I've had stories of um, some of the college kids telling me that they were playing with a Ouija board and all of a sudden, you know, it was really funny and interesting and then the lights started going off and doors started getting locked and and people were getting very, very, very strange and doing a lot of strange things. So uh, I do believe that there is something out there, something negative, and we have to protect ourselves. And especially when we're doing uh paranormal investigations we've we've got to ground ourselves to make sure we're in the right place before we go out into the field because it could be dangerous
0: now shadow figures what's your opinion on those people don't really categorize them as demons but everybody hears about these shadow figures right are they just spirits or what do you think they are based on your knowledge of paranormal
2: you know it, it it's really crazy because i've experienced them twice um The first time I experienced, I was uh, on my treadmill in the basement. We have a, a bathroom that's dark, and it was right across from it. And I happened to look up at the moment, and I saw this figure that was crouched down and had, like, black coat and a black hat on. And I remember distinctly that he turned to me and looked directly at me and then went right up through the roof. Now, he didn't harm me any any way or threaten me, but I immediately went to the phone and called Chris. And said, Chris, oh, my God, I've seen this. This I know it's, it's got to be a shadow person. And we talked about it and everything we talked about, I said, yeah, I think it was. The other time, uh, just after my father had died, I was waking up uh, in bedroom, and I could see a shadow person in each corner of the room moving around the room there was no harm that came to me. It was it was fearful but there's some kind of energy. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what they are and why they come. But physically they they didn't harm me. Emotionally, yeah, they scared me. See
1: I think I think they're an interdimensional being. I don't think they're a human spirit at all. I think they're
2: I think there's mm-hmm. I think there's
1: multiple realms and multiple dimensions out there, right? And you know, and and I, the way I look at life is God. We have one God, but God didn't just create us; He created other things as well. And I right. think some things cross over into through portals, wormholes, whatever you want to call they cross. Mm-hmm. You know, vortexes they cross over somehow, and then you know, or they're summoned over somehow. Somebody they get pulled through, and, right. you know, That's so I, I don't think th- I don't think shadows are good things personally.
2: I, I'm not, I I'm not, I'm not fond of them, but I've never yeah. had a, a too bad of an experience. Now we were doing an investigation in New Orleans in a place called the Castle Inn in the Garden uh, section of uh, New Orleans, and we experienced another one there, and that one was a, a, a little more intimidating. Uh, We locked the door uh, to the room we were staying in, and the door got opened and shut. And then it got so bad, Chris was in the other room, that he had to come and actually spend the night in our room with us because there was so much going on, so much energy going on. And we did, in fact, see a a shadow person there who was very, very excited and was trying to get something going.
0: So what kind of experience have you had? Uh, You've been doing paranormal investigation for a long time. Correct, Paula. Uh-huh. Right. And tell us some of your more interesting stories that come to the top of your head.
2: Um, let's, uh, there, there's been so many. <laughs> so many. Just give,
0: think... give, us a, give us a couple of the best, because you know, our writings oh. do count. We've got to have writings, so any good stories?
2: I think one of them that, that comes to mind right away, and I think if, you, if you'd ask Chris the same question, it probably would be the same one, and that was the Lizzie Borden House in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm sure you're familiar with that story. Yep. Lizzie Borden. yeah well, we it was just it was just weird. We were uh, actually the two of us, we were going to do the investigation. thats the first time we were ever there. And it was so bizarre because it was one of those those days that were dark and snowy and cold. I mean, just like you you see in a in a haunted movie. And nobody knew where this place was. And we would ask people, where's the Lizzie Borden? How do we find that it was before GPS? And the kids well, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Well, we finally figured out how to get there. And we got there. And as soon as he walked in the door, it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it was just like, whoa, whoa, very, very, very heavy. And, um, we thought, ah, oh, this is going to be real interesting. So, we did our preliminary investigation. We got a lot of evidence, a lot of EVPs, a lot of, of orbs, mists, things like that. But that night, Chris and I actually spent the night in uh, Lizzie Borden's house, and I was actually put in Andrew Borden's bedroom, which was real interesting. And Chris was put in, like, the dressing room off of it, which was a small room, And I remember not wanting to go to sleep that night, being very uncomfortable. And we finally probably got to bed around 2 o'clock in the morning. We knew we had to get up early the next morning because they have uh, tours that go through it. So I remember getting in this bed thinking, I hope I can make this night. And I thought, if I just turn over and turn my back to this hallway here, I won't be frightened. So I turned my back over, and the next thing I heard is a woman's voice in my ear, and she would say, don't turn your back. And I'd flip over immediately and look around the room. There was nobody there. And I thought, okay, all right, it's it's just you're nervous. It's just scary. It's okay. So I would turn my back again, and the same woman's voice would come in my ear. Don't turn your back. And I thought, oh, my God, i got to lay in my You know, i just got to stay here. I can't move. So probably an hour or so went by, and I could could hear Chris in the other room, and he was kind of coughing. And I thought, well, I wonder what's going on. But I couldn't get up out of the bed to go see if he was okay. So finally, finally, morning came, and I got up, and he got up, and he came out to to the hallway, and we're heading towards the bathroom. And he looks at me, and he says, oh, my God, you've got dark circles under your eyes. I said, yeah, I couldn't sleep. And he said, well, what happened? And I said, every time I turned my back, some woman's voice in my ear would say, don't turn your back. And he turned pale, white. And he looked at me and he said, oh, my God, Mom, the same thing happened to me. I kept hearing that all night. And I thought, oh, no. And I'm looking at him, and I'm looking down at around his neck, and he's got these, like, rope burns across his neck. And I said, what happened to your neck? And he goes, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I go, go look in the mirror. And there were three rope burns across his throat. And he said that he thought that he was having a dream that Andrew Broughton was strangling him. So, and that's in our book too. That particular story is in our book, but that was one that really sticks with me. Definitely that one.
0: So, uh, Being that you've stayed there night, it did, uh, did Lizzie do it? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's the, big, it's, the 20, it's the $20 million question. Everybody wants to know if she did it, so I'm just asking you what's your opinion since you stayed there.
2: I, I would say, and, and Chris I think will back me up big time, I would definitely say she did. She had help, and she had help to do it. And when you find out some of the reasons that uh, we know from the box why Lizzie did it, you won't be surprised.
0: Now she had a sister also that stayed yes. there. Is, is that yes, you think that was her accomplice? Was the sister?
2: No, it was the illegitimate brother that helped her.
0: So do we? After your investigation, do you know because it never even came up why she did it?
2: Well, we know that that Andrew wasn't a very nice man, and none of the of the town people they hated him. But what he was doing to his two daughters, uh, yeah. It it was what made that happen.
0: I I think I get the picture because I've always you know we've had people stay there and I've always said did Lizzie do it? No, I don't know, but I thought maybe <laughs> since you were there, you would have a better understanding. And based on what you're telling me, it does make sense that, that she probably did do it. That you know well, if you've, you the think- the box and the information you've got yeah. kind of
2: backs that think- up. He came through the box and so did he. And he was very, he was extremely angry that we were staying there at his house, extremely angry because he didn't want to have this information ever brought out. And again, it's in the book Ghost Box, and uh, you can read all about it in a lot of our other different uh, investigations. And it was on Amazon's best uh, seller, new author, uh, for eight days, which is pretty good for first time authors.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. So tell us about Denver. Now, you do ghost tours in Denver. What kind of houses do you do you tour there?
2: We have, uh, in what we call the Capitol Hill area, we have the 1890 mansions. And these mansions were uh, built and lived in by uh, the people that made the big money in gold. You know, we had a huge gold, silver, uh, and copper rush here in the 1800s in Colorado. So there were some very beautiful, big, big, big houses built, and a lot of them have a lot of history. And we've actually done documentaries in two of them of the most haunted. And as I I said, we're the only um, tour group that actually has physical evidence of ghosts and myths and orbs and things like that. Uh, we can actually show people, and it's not just the tour of Here's This House that was built in 1889. We actually show people what is there. And Capitol Hill is a very haunted area because there are ley lines that run down the middle of it, which keeps the hauntings going. So it's kind of that energy that keeps everything moving along in there.
0: So some of the stories, now you've got guests, if they have they experienced stuff on these tours? Like I've, We've had other people that come on d- that does what you do, and they've told stories of something that's happened to a guest or something
2: uh, right, you know, while right. they were
0: on the tour. What are some of the stories you've got to tell us about that, uh, what get, what's happened to your guests on these tours?
2: Okay, uh, there's been a couple of instances that I can remember. Uh, one of them was um, a lady was with, with her husband, and they were taking pictures outside, and they were at the most haunted, which is called the Peabody uh, mansion. And when uh, she was taking some pictures, she actually caught a picture and she sent it to us, and she said, "What do you see in here?" And it was by the front door, and there was if it were, it was some sort of demon entity I have never seen with big red eyes and and like pointed as horns, and it was, yeah, right there, we blew it up. We checked it out. And so uh, it was definitely there. A lot of times uh, when they uh, get near some of these haunted ones, like the Croke-Patterson-Campbell Mansion, they get a choking feeling or they can't breathe, and that's because one of the uh, entities that actually lived there was uh, taking children off the street and hanging them on a railroad tie. And Chris was one of the first ones, when we first started investigating, he kept saying, something's around my neck, something's around my neck, I'm choking, and we actually had to leave. And later we found out, yeah, that was what they called Willie, who was doing that to some of the children.
0: Uh, well, go back a minute because you were saying that you guys caught an image of something with red eyes. Elaborate on that a little bit. Is yeah. that, Kevin, didn't you guys see so, you and Denise see something like that at one time? It was
1: a. It wasn't really. It was red eyes, but it was also a red glowing body. It was. It was an alien. It was more of a extraterrestrial type thing than it was a anything else it was i, mean, I, I thought i saw a ufo the night i saw my thing and it was just it was a crazy thing and i would never seen nothing like it in my life
0: and yeah, just remember you said red eyes and then when uh pauletta said red eyes it kind of went ding 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 maybe yeah, we have this, a connection it's a little there. Different. yeah but you could
1: demons got i mean there's all kind of things that have red eyes i mean this, this was yeah. a glowing red figure this was not a uh a human or a, a normal entity this was more of an extraterrestrial entity we saw
0: what do you think yours was,
2: Pauletta? I, I, I feeling. My feeling was it was it was so dark that I really believe it was uh, some type of of demon. And in that particular house, it had some really really weird hauntings going on. in that so it wouldn't surprise me at all that there wouldn't be something that would be you know a, a demon or something like that. That that place is a is really really. We we've written um, a whole lot of uh, things about it. And we're thinking about coming out with our next book um, solely on that particular uh, property because we've had a lot of different experiences there and uh, some really dark things that have happened. And I think that uh, that's probably one of the scariest in Denver.
0: So what's making it so scary? I mean, what do you think it is? Because everybody, every place has got a different story. And I know you said it's had some events happening there. But it seems like more than just one spirit in there. You've got demons. You've got a whole bunch of other stuff in there too. What do you think right. makes that make that makes those things, I guess, prevalent in a haunted
2: house? Well, at one time it was the governor's mansion, and uh, Peabody was the governor, and there was a uprising in the mining uh, camps up in the mountains. And uh, the miners wanted more money. You know, they wanted to form a union, and and the big um, companies didn't want them to do that. They wanted to keep them poor, and so um, the uh, governor Peabody actually sent this, a state uh, militia, and they went to, into the camps and they murdered the women, the children, the miners, everybody. Everybody was killed, and uh, one of the miners that did survive actually came. Uh, to the governor's mansion, rang the doorbell and had dynamite and blew himself up on um, right there on the doorway. So there's there's that energy that was there. There was also an a Indian girl who was working as a, a servant in one of the mansions up there, and two of the construction workers that were working on the house actually um, captured her and. Uh, murdered and raped her and buried her in the basement and her identity is still there. Uh, during the 1960s, it was actually a restaurant and uh, they uh, were closing up for the night and the busboy said he would close up. Everybody left. When they came back the next day, uh, all the lights were on, the doors were uh, unlocked, and uh, they went and they found him in the wine cellar, hung with a uh, uh, one of the um, I think he had a, on some kind of an apron, and they, he wrapped it, they wrapped it around his neck. The thing of it was there was no chair. There was nothing that he would have stood on in order to get up enough to actually hang himself. So somehow he was hung without having to stand on a chair or a ledge or anything like that. So there's been a lot of very cruel and mean things that have happened there.
0: So why do you, th- I mean, same thing though. Do you believe that demons and all that are congregating there be- because of the bad energy there? Is that what you're saying? or?
2: I'm thinking that there's enough negative things that, that have happened there that uh, it's never been cleansed. It's never been, uh, no group has gone in there, uh, ourselves included, that have tried to cleanse or clear it or sage it or do anything to move anything on. Those entities are still there.
0: So now, have you had any guests that's been hurt there, like scratched or anything like that, or has it just been pictures?
2: Not, not in that particular house, but when uh, Chris and I were doing um, an investigation at the Sally House in Atchison, uh, K- Kansas, are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When we were actually interviewing, I've never seen anything like this in my life. We were actually uh, interviewing uh, Tony Pittman, who was living in the house uh, at the time uh, that all this was going on, uh, and they had that, I can't remember the TV show that they had that came on, um, that they were trying to investigate and see why uh, all these scratching things were happening. We were sitting at a table interviewing him, and he got this look on his face, and he said, oh my God, it's happening again he actually put his arms up on the table and we could see scratches scratching down on his arm and then blood coming up i've never seen anything like that before
0: so can i ask we you happened. what you guys were discussing at the time that, we were, that happened
2: we were, we were talking about we were talking about the Sally house and we he had moved out and they were in another house at this time we we're talking about the events that happened there and I was telling you, I said, Tony, you're the catalyst. You can't go back. You can't go back by that house. And he was saying to me, I won't go back. I won't go back. And immediately when he put his arms up, the scratching started. And then, and we have it, we recorded it, we have it, we can show you, the word G-O appeared on his arm. They wanted him to go back.
0: So do you think that, okay, and I guess... <laughs> Do you think that was a negative thing where he was getting the scratches or do you think it was somebody just trying to say, hey, we want you to come back? And that was their way of communicating.
2: I think it was very negative, extremely negative. Yeah.
0: So now he'd been at this house before, I guess, correct? He was the, was he there?
2: Yeah, he lived he lived there. Tony lived there. And with he he is in his wife and his and his son, and so many things started happening. Uh, lights were turning off and on, um, voices, things like this were happening. And they moved out on Halloween. And when we learned about it, um, Christopher first learned about it. I think it was on a show called Sighting Way Back. And so we got in contact with them to, go in and do some investigations, and we started investigating it. We've investigated it several times. We also used the telephone to the dead there and picked up a lot of interesting things. But, you know, Sally was supposedly uh, had appendicitis, and the doctor was doing the the surgery, and in the middle of the surgery she died. Well, we found out from from the box that uh, Sally was African-American, and she was also the daughter of the doctor.
0: You know, I couldn't remember because I've never been to Sally House, but I used to live in Kansas, so that's why I remember the name, of Sally House, but I couldn't remember right. the past history of it, but I, yeah. I had heard of it. So it, was there anything else with the Sally House besides that? that uh, wasn't there something else there, or am I just thinking of another place that ha- happened at that house?
2: There, you know, the, all of Atchison, all of Atchison is very, very haunted, very, very haunted. I mean, I, I would say every other house going up and down the blocks has some kind of activity. And Chris has done a lot more investigations other than the Sally House there um, than I have. So he's probably got a whole lot more information uh, about that. But that is probably one of the most haunted towns that, that I've investigated in.
0: Didn't, doesn't it have a lot of past uh, Indian history too, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, Is that, yes it yeah, does. I thought it did.
2: Yeah, yes, it does. You're right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, and that's where most of the energy or bad energy, I guess, came from. Because I, I and you got to understand, I'm trying to think of this because I used to live in that area, and I'm just I'm, I'm reliving what I have learned about it. But there's a lot of uh, I know Custer was out there at one time, and a couple of the other people. Uh, As far as Calvary was concerned, they did Mm -hmm. a lot of murdering out there, the Indian tribes. Was that around Atchison, too?
2: Yes, yes, it was, yes. And they they did things like there was um, this one particular cemetery uh, in the town, and one of the wealthier uh, families decided that they liked that particular area. So they built their house right on top of the cemetery, right on top of it. Didn't move anything, just... Build
0: it up with dirt and built the house on top. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff like that out in Kansas that's not too good to, I mean, as far as paranormal is concerned. That's a lot of Kansas is paranormal. You right. know, a lot, lot of lot of towns are, but I was remembering Atchison because I thought for sure that there was something there. Uh, there was an Indian massacre or something in that area mm-hmm. that really got off the paranormal experience there. Right. Uh, right. Could I be mistaken, understand. but I think I'm right. It, it was many years ago, many many years mm-hmm. ago. Now I got. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead.
1: I want to ask a question. Uh, since you live in Denver, what's your thoughts on the Denver airport? Because I've read a lot of stuff in the past about the Denver airport, and there is a lot of – I know we're changing gear from ghost to alien, but there's a lot of speculation it's the largest airport, largest runways in the United States I know, and there's supposed to be an underground base there. And What are your thoughts on that it's with your abilities? Do you, do you get feelings when you're at the airport? Do you, do you know things –
2: you know, it's it's very very interesting. It is very interesting. Uh, first of all, we have that. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but we have that great big white horse with the red eyes.
1: Yep. It's, it's called it's, Hell yeah,
2: Airport Lucifer. or something. <laughs> yeah, Lucifer. And it it started with the man who was sculpting it. it the horse actually fell on on him and killed him. So. As soon as you drive up to the airport, there's this huge, big bronco with big red eyes that you see. I mean, there's gargoyles through the whole, the whole thing. I, and there's one concourse that they have to play Indian music. I believe it's the Frontier Concourse. They have to play Indian music all the time because this was a, a, a part of a uh, Indian burial ground. And if they don't play the music, people see actual Indians on horses going by it. So I definitely think that there is a whole lot of interesting stuff go there. And every time I have to fly out of it, I wonder, hmm, what's going to
1: happen? I've heard there's a military base underneath it. And there's supposedly alien bases, the tall whites. I think it's the whites, the tall white ones that are, maybe it's the grays. I don't know. I I I think it's the tall white ones that are that are living down there, and they, like, I don't know. It, it makes you wonder, though.
2: Yes, it certainly does, and it, it gives you, as an empath, it certainly gives you a very I mean, uneasy feeling. I
1: mean, Dean, their airport was good. They didn't need a new airport, and then they went ahead and built this mega airport right. in this town, which they said, no, no, architecture made no sense. They're like, why are they doing all <laughs> Putting all this infrastructure in,
0: yeah. Well, I got I gotta ask a question. So you're telling me, because I flew in there a couple times, but is isn't the horse there supposed to be for the Denver Broncos, or is it something totally uh, off base? There, I'm thinking. No,
2: no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not from
0: Denver, so when I flew in, I just assumed that the bronco was for as a representation of the Denver Broncos. What's the and it fell on somebody and killed him. But what's the significance of it?
2: It's actually the the sculptor who was creating it. It fell on him and killed him. I have no idea what it was supposed to be for because it is not a sculpture that is, is beautiful. It's a sculpture that is terrifying, especially with the big <laughs> red eyes. And as you're going into the airport, that's the first thing that you see. And especially at night with those big red eyes, it's just like, oh, where am I going? What is it Yeah, calling? I thought it was a
0: pretty ugly representation of the Broncos, but I thought that's <laughs> what it was for, really. I mean, because uh, it it's no. a big Bronco.
2: No, it's not. It's not those Broncos. We have a, on at the stadium. Uh, uh, we have our a, a real white big Bronco, but
0: right. Not that. So we don't know what the actual artistic motivation was for this guy to do this. Then
2: it it was just bad. I mean, it it gives you a feeling when you go by. They call it
0: Lucifer. Just, what's that tell you? Yes,
2: <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is Lucifer. Mm-hmm.
0: You're right. You're right. So since we're talking about Denver, I've got to ask this question. There's a lot of mining towns, like you said, that are still up in the mountains there around Denver. Yeah. Have you ever been out there investing? I know a lot of them are getting destroyed. Last time I – and I can't remember. You're probably going to know where I'm talking about. A casino took over one of those mining towns. just started tearing the history out of it to put up a casino.
2: Central, yes, Central City. Yeah, I actually –
0: well, I went to the the casino. I guess I felt bad, but, heck, when I got out, I was like, I I didn't realize – because when you come out of the casino and you go to the left and you walk down, the mining town, that half of the mining town used to be still... Is it still there or they destroy all? Because I heard they were going to destroy all of it sooner or later.
2: No, there's still a lot of them up there. Uh, Chris and I did an investigation up there in Central City, actually, in uh, one of the cemeteries up there. We did it one night. And, uh, yeah, there's still a lot of, of energy in action. There's a lot... You know, our mountains are, are huge, and there's still a lot of mines that are, are still up there. Some of them are, are uh, operational uh, in a little place called Victor, Colorado. There's some that are. Most of them have shut down. Um, uh, Idaho Springs, another uh, area that has tons and tons of old uh, gold and silver mining.
0: So, you up know, after to investigate it, are they good paranormal sites to investigate? I'm, I'm sure yeah. they were, because there's a lot of deaths occur in the mining towns. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes, and a lot up in Leadville, Colorado. There are a lot of going on up there.
0: So, but the 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 actual uh, one I'm talking about, they didn't go ahead and take the rest of the the mining town. They left it active. I mean, it's up and running.
2: Some of them are. There's. Uh, I know that there's one um, in uh, Idaho Springs that they actually do tours in, where you can go down the mine shaft.
0: all right. Okay, yep. that's cool. I just, like I said, off the paranormal subject, I just want to know because I, I know they were tearing things up, up, there and that's a lot of history that's just being ripped up for a casino or something up there. So it's kind of disheartening, I guess, is the best way to put it, while I was up there to see them do that to history.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I feel really bad being a fifth-generation Colorado native, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, we've only got a couple minutes, and I always ask <laughs> some people, Paulette, especially if they have experience in the paranormal world, you got a lot of people out there. That are just not getting into the field, and they're learning a lot of their stuff from reality TV, which is really not where they should learn how to do paranormal investigating. Um, I'm I'm sure you would agree with me that most of the time when you go out on a paranormal investigation, you're you're bored a lot of the times until actually mm-hmm. something happens, and it doesn't. It's not action like it shows right. on TV. But what would you suggest, or, or what kind of advice would you give to these younger folks that are just now trying to go, or the older folks who are trying to get into paranormal? Uh, investigating but really don't know where to start or what to do?
2: Well, actually, Chris and I uh, and his dad uh, have a, what we call, Ghost Hunting 101. And what it is, is it's a, a whole presentation about the pros and cons of uh, ghost hunting, the equipment that we use. Uh, we also try to instill in them uh, respect or the spirits, you don't go in and say, open the door, shut the light off. You know, you don't demand anything of them. And we try to show them that way, kind of teach them along the way so with that when they do go out on their own, they have the knowledge, they have the experience, they know what kind of equipment to use and they know to be respectful. And being respectful is our number one goal is not to intimidate, not to do anything harmful but only to communicate.
0: So, Kevin, I was going to actually, and I guess this is another hard question to end the show with, but uh, it might not be a hard question for you. Kevin, extraterrestrial life, me and Kevin have a belief in that, Matt, and do you have a belief in that? What's your opinion on it?
2: (laughs) That's a really interesting question because Chris and I have talked about it on numerous occasions, and in our book, Ghost Box, there's a whole chapter about his experience with that. You're going to find, um, if you you know interview people, how they feel about it, most of the time you're going to find uh, more men believe in extraterrestrials than women do. Um, I think, uh, as women, I think we're a little more fearful um, of, of that than, than of an entity or a ghost. I think there has to be something else out there. We can't be the only place out here all by ourselves. There has to be. Um, I personally haven't had an experience. Chris has had at least three or four experiences. And knowing him and trusting him, I believe that there's something out there.
0: So do you you believe in the ET scenario, or do you just think it's a life form that we don't? You know, uninvolved life form? do you think they're as intelligent as we are? I'm gonna, I want you to elaborate a little bit for us.
1: Seeing they're I more think,
0: intelligent? <laughs> uh, they have to be They visit, us. yeah, I guess
2: i I think they're they're pretty intelligent. i, I really do. I think that they're they're observing us uh, a lot. Uh, Chris can uh, tell you about uh, uh experience that he and his dad had with uh, uh, a gentleman in Colorado Springs where they actually saw an e t in the window uh, during an investigation. I wasn't on that investigation. I didn't want to get involved with that, But they can give you uh, a lot more detail. Um, but i I do think that they that they're 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 very intelligent. I think that they're constantly observing us, that you know we're kind of the petri dish, you know, and they're kind of t- trying to get, the idea of what we know and, and how far we've progressed and in everything from science to medicine, you know, to, to that kind of thing.
0: Do you think they're linked a little bit with our paranormal experiences or not?
2: I think they can be. I do. I think they can be. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, kind of elaborate on that. How do, I mean, what would you think, What would, what kind of interaction would they be involved in?
2: i think I think that their their kind of energy that they have they have so much energy that I think that they they do have the the ability of like turning lights off and on and and street lights and messing with computers and and things like that. I think that uh that they do have that kind of intelligence that they could interact with us in ways to get our attention to see how we're gonna respond to a certain situation
0: so. You think we're science experiments, basically. I I guess we would be, though, if they're highly intelligent. Yeah. Because if they have the ability to come here, I guess we would, if we were, you know, we do that here on Earth. We use science experiments on our own, you know, animals and stuff like that that we feel is inferior to us. Do you think they do that to us, too?
2: I do. I do. (laughs) I do. Yeah, I think,
0: I think they. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. But anyway, well, but listen, we're we're about out of time. I appreciate you being on tonight, Paul. It was very interesting. Thank you for being on with us. Do well, me thanks. a favor now. Tell everybody again, real slow, because sometimes our listeners they don't write too fast. How to get a hold of you? How to catch your book? Where to go to uh, just basically get to know you again?
2: Okay. Well, the book is called uh, Ghost Box. You can get it at uh, Barnes and Noble or any place like that. If it, and it's on Amazon also. My email address, if anybody's interested in doing uh, a private reading, I'm available for that. My email is pm dot all one word spirit spiritedchat at gmail dot com. Anybody wants to get in in touch with me, that's the best way to do it and our network is the Spirit Realm Network and if you want to check our website out it's the spiritrealmnetwork.net
0: so and, and you know what i'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you another hit on that show because like i said i'm going to say it again it's a very good show to be involved with they help people on that show if you have an issue out there or you're wanting to like the lady did the, the other show find out what's going on with the level that's passed on I would highly recommend anybody getting on with Mama Moon because she does an excellent job and uh, I can tell Paula that you really care for the people that you talk to and that's an unusual thing to find in you know I guess the entertainment world you're not really an entertainment world but we kind of are but a lot of people that you find in this kind of thing um not really sincere and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a compliment paulette i can tell you're really sincere and i I applaud you for that
2: thank
0: you so much i appreciate that yeah no problem kevin you got anything to add before we shut out tonight (laughs) no i'm good 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 it was an excellent show thank you paulette yeah thank Thank you so much okay yeah no no yeah, now, now everybody, next week we are going to have a forum here on the Kentucky Ghost Hunter Show. It's uh, We're going to be talking about all, all sorts of things, but it's going to be myself, Kevin Quatman, Donald, better known as Kentucky the Singing Ghost Hunter Miller will be on with us, and one of our favorites, Bill Payne of Hopkins County Paranormal when he's on. Uh, there's always a good time of that. And that's next week at 9 p.m. Central Time. Uh, be with us again. And we're going to, you know, the subject matter is going to be anywhere from aliens to whatever we can think up at the time, but we've always got a, a good show when, us, when we get together. I know that Donald, uh, Kentucky, the Singing Ghost Hunter, he's got some stories he wants to relate to you about the Octagon Hall in Franklin, Kentucky. He told us a little bit about it before, but uh, he had a spirit that followed him home, and he wanted to kind of elaborate on that a little bit as far as the spirits and how they follow us home and all that good stuff. so Check us out next week. As always, go to KentuckyGhostCenter.com. If you want to find out what's going on, follow us on Twitter or on Facebook the Kentucky Ghost Hunter, the Kentucky Ghost Hunter group, and uh, Kentucky Ghost Hunter show all on Facebook. So Until next week, 9 p.m. Central time, this is the Kentucky Ghost Hunter with co-host Kevin Quabbin saying goodnight, and we'll see you next week. We love the Kentucky Ghost